0: Welcome to On The Clock, your number one source for breaking news and top stories around the NFL. I'm your one and only host, Ryan Shaw, and get ready, NFL fans, because we have some big news for you. With this being our first episode, we will talk all about the crazy cuts, signings, trades, and rumors that have happened around the league during this COVID frenzy year. Be sure to stay tuned throughout the whole episode because this might just be the craziest and most jam-packed offseason and draft the NFL has ever seen. This episode is brought to you by Nike. Look good, feel good, and play good in Nike's state-of-the-art football visors, gloves, cleats, equipment, and much more. Also, make sure to check out our clothing line that offers the widest range of only the best, most premium, and athletic feel and performance. Enter in our Stay Safe COVID giveaway now, where five lucky winners will have a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to travel to Oregon, where they'll or spend a full weekend at the Nike headquarters. Shop www.nike.com to fill out all of your sports and athletic needs. Make your dreams into reality and just do it. This week, we will talk about effects of COVID on the NFL, free agency, releases and cuts, major storyline and rumors around the NFL, and my mock draft for picks 1 through 5 with my dad as a guest. So, let's get right into the information. Let's talk about effects of COVID on the NFL. Precautionary measures have led NFL teams to allow only 10% or no fans at all to attend the stadiums during games this last season. This has led to a total of $4 billion being lost between all 32 NFL teams. Precautionary measures have also led to the NFL spending $75 million on COVID tests and millions more on other forms of protection from the virus. Numerous tests and procedures were featured in HBO's Hard Knocks, which focuses eyes on Los Angeles, California's two NFL teams as they went to the Chargers and Rams preseason practices to see what it was like to truly play and prepare through this time of uncertainty. After the season ended, with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers being crowned Super Bowl 55 champions, the NFL knew that sacrifices had to be made around the league. With that being said, the salary cap for each team was cut by almost $20 million. Now, if you did not know what salary cap was, that is when the NFL adds up all of its profits for one year, uh, tickets, merchandise, food, parking fees, licensing rights, and gives 47% of that to the players. Within that 47%, 82% of it is reserved for that cap space, which is around $182 million per team every year. Uh, that money is used for player contracts, and 90% must be used up within three seasons. You would get $182 million every year. Um, these player contracts include base salary, which is like the annual play- player salary, um, achievement-based incentives, like if you do good on the field or get this many yards, um, signing bonuses, the money you get for signing with the team, um, and a few more things. Um, The money given um, on these player contracts all affects the team's salary cap, so a team has to be very smart with how they spend their money. Um, These contracts might be front-loaded or back-loaded, meaning they get paid more money towards the beginning of their contract or towards the end of their contract. Um, This can highly affect a team's salary cap during one certain year, especially when a lot of their players have a front-loaded or back-loaded contract that are ending. Um, But overall, the salary cap works to create an even field for each NFL team by limiting the amount of money they can spend on players each season. Uh, this protects from things like super teams because like, if the Dallas Cowboys um, didn't have the salary cap like on, they would not be like a super team. So, with that being explained, there is an 8% salary cap hit for the 2021 season due to decreased revenue from COVID. This has caused many teams to part ways with many of its great and long-time players through free agency, trades, and releases. This is where the good stuff in my podcast comes into play. So stay along through the ride because I think you will enjoy it. Let's talk about NFL free agency. Uh, with this free agency's legal tampering period starting this past Monday, March 17th, a lot has been happening around the NFL during this time. Uh, so let's talk about impactful NFL resigns. signs uh, My first one is Dak Prescott, quarterback, Dallas Cowboys. Um, he signed a four-year deal with $160 million. I believe that paying Dak Prescott was one of the riskiest moves that the Cowboys could have made. This could either be one of the best or worst deals in Cowboys history. Last season, Dak was on a pace for a record-setting season when he broke his ankle in Week 5 against the New York Giants and was done for the rest of the year. However, the past few seasons before that have been mediocre at best. We will have to wait to see how this deal turns out because we don't know right now. Trent Williams is my next one. He's an offensive tackle for the San Francisco 49ers. Um, he signed a six-year deal with $138 million. I believe this is one of the wisest things that the 49ers could have done. Even though Trenton is 32 years of age, he still has many great years ahead of him. I think the 49ers made him the highest-paid offensive tackle ever because of the division they are in, which is the NFC West. Within this division, there are four elite pass rushers whose names are J.J. Watt, Aaron Donalds, Chandler Jones, and Leonard Floyd. Um, Trenton will be able to protect the blindside of the 49ers' future quarterback. Um, we don't know who that is um, for the next half decade. My third one is Leonard Williams, um, defensive tackle for the New York Giants. He signed a three-year, actually my, my bad, 3 years, $63 million deal. Uh, I think this is a good move by the New York Giants. The Giants have been struggling for a while now, and I believe that Leonard is a good leader and captain that can fit right into the middle of the Giants' 3-4 defense and dominate the run game. Uh, My last one is Shaquille Barrett, who is an edge rusher for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He signed a four-year deal worth $72 million. Uh, I think this is a great sign for the Bucs. He was a 2019 sack leader with 19.5 sacks that season. Um, He is an elite pass rusher who can disrupt a quarterback's mental process and motions by relentless pass rushing. Next, let's talk about 10 notable free agency names yet to sign somewhere. Number one is Kenny Galladay, wide receiver for the Detroit Lions. Uh, my opinion is that he ends up signing with the New York Giants or the New York Jets. The Lions are in full rebuild mode as the Force have brought in a whole new coaching staff headed by former Lion Dan Campo. Stafford is gone and with golf starting at with golf starting as Detroit's quarterback, it only really makes sense for him to move on. He is a great red zone receiving threat and he can find lots of money and production elsewhere. My second one is Richard Sherman, cornerback for the San Francisco 49ers. I believe he ends up signing with the New Orleans Saints. He had a bad relationship with the 49ers for a while and was not going to get a lot of money. Uh, The Saints are a great landing spot for him because they needed cornerback number two behind Marshawn Lattimore. The third one is Juju Smith-Schuster, wide receiver for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, I believe that he ends up signing with the Las Vegas Raiders or the New York Jets. He has been receiving a lot of hate lately due for his TikTok antics before games. I would say that he does not have the best relationship with the Steelers and he is asking for too much money as it is. It is the best move for him to go somewhere else and I think he would be a great compliment to the speedy receiver, Henry Rux III, as a receiver number two in Las Vegas. My fourth one is Alejandro Villanueva, offensive tackle for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I have no clue where he signs, um, but he is a U.S. Army member, former one, who started left tackle for the Steelers since 2015. After not being able to make a deal with the Steelers, he is open on the free market. Since he is aging at 32 years old, I believe that he is a great sign for a team that needs a veteran tackle who would be a great pass protector for a quarterback's blind side for two to three years. The next one is Hassan Reddick, who is an edge rusher for the Arizona Cardinals. I believe that he signs with the Carolina Panthers or the Miami Dolphins. With... With Arizona signing of J.J. Watt, I believe that this is the best interest for him to test the open market. The former first-round draft pick out of Temple has come on strong over the past two years, producing a total of 13.5 sacks. The Panthers need a second elite pass rusher who can sign for relatively cheap to play alongside Brian Burns. Next is Sammy Watkins, a wide receiver for the Kansas City Chiefs. I believe that he ends up signing with the Miami Dolphins or the Chicago Bears. After the Chiefs sign a 10-year, $500 million deal. $500 $500 million deal with Patrick Mahomes, it was quite clear that players would have to let be let go as a result. With that being said, Sammy is one of them. I believe that he would fit right into the offense that is in need of a star wide receiver that lets take deep shots down the field because Sammy is a deep threat type of player. Uh, the Dolphins and Bears offer just this to him. Um, next is Patrick Peterson, cornerback for the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, I believe he design- he signs with the Detroit Lions, the Minnesota Vikings, the new or the New Orleans Saints. The former All Pro and longtime cornerback for the Arizona Cardinals has finally decided to test free agency, as his time is coming towards the end in the NFL. age thirty, I believe he can sign with a team that is in need of a cornerback number two that will produce good numbers and mentor the young cornerbacks. Um, my second to last one is Jadavion Clowney, edge rusher for the Tennessee Titans. My opinion is that he is that he signs with the Miami Dolphins or the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, Once dubbed a generational talent edge rusher coming out of South Carolina, he was taken with the number one overall pick by the Houston Texans back in the 2014 NFL Draft. Since then, he has been able to put some good numbers, but not as much as he was hyped up to be. This doesn't mean that he's not a good player by any means, and I still believe that he can make an impact on a team in the NFL. If he signs with a playoff contender team, I believe you can get five to seven sacks every year from him. Um, The last one is T.Y. Hilton, wide receiver for the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, My opinion is that he signs with the Green Bay Packers. uh, The once Pro Bowl caliber player has dropped off heavily in production, and I believe that he needs a new fit into a high caliber offense. With that being stated, I think he signs with the Packers due to Aaron Rodgers' playmaking abilities. With his elite speed and agility and exceptional route running, Hilton will be able to become Rodgers' second favorite wide receiver to throw to. Um, I'm going to add another one in here. Um, His name is Keon O'Neal, strong safety for the Atlanta Falcons. My opinion is that he signs with the Detroit Lions, the New York Jets, or the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, He is one of the hardest-hitting safeties in the league that can cover great. Neal will be able to come into a defense and immediately impact an offensive game plan. I believe that you can fit him into a hybrid role where he's playing in the box and he's playing back in coverage at times. And the Lions and Jets and the Dallas Cowboys fit best into this role for him. To wrap NFL free agency up, let's talk about the overall free agency winner, in my opinion. That is the New England Patriots. Uh, it was apparent that Bill Belichick was not happy when the Patriots went 7-9 and nine this past season without Tom Brady as their quarterback. So they spent over $150 million this offseason at record for Belichick as the Patriots head coach. Um, so notable signings include Cam Newton, who signed a one-year deal for $14 million. Matthew Judon, a linebacker for $32 million. John Smith, a tight end for $31.25 million. Hunter Henry, another tight end for $25 million. Nelson Aguilar, a wide receiver for $16 million. Jalen Mills, a safety for $9 million. Devon Godshaw, a defensive tackle for $9 million and a lot more. Um, I would like to talk a lot more about NFL free agency because there's a lot more to explain, but we need to move on to the next topic because the time does not allow us to do that. Our next topic is NFL releases and cuts. So let's talk about three notable NFL releases. Number one is J.J. Watt, defensive end for the Houston Texans. He has just recently signed with the Arizona Cardinals for two years worth $31 million. I believe that this was a great signing, although I did not expect him to sign with the Cardinals. It does make sense. He now joins another elite passer, Chandler Jones, and a long-time teammate for the Houston Texans, DeAndre Hopkins. Chandler Jones and J.J. Watt have the two highest sack numbers since 2012, 192.5 combined sacks, which is crazy. The second one is Kyle Vannoy, outside linebacker, Miami Dolphins. Uh, he just recently signed with the New England Patriots, and the deal has not been determined. It sucks that the Dolphins had to cut him because he's a Pro Bowl caliber player. However, they did not have enough cat space for him, so they, they, he had to move on. So he decided to return to New England once again. I think that this is a great idea because he will be put back into a defense that he already is familiar with, and it and it will allow him to utilize his athletic talent very much. The third one is Eric Fisher and Mitchell Schwartz, the offensive tacklers for the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, it has not been determined where they will sign. Uh, I think that these are both great players who can find a spot to start on their teams. However, this is not my main concern. Uh, The issue is that the protection for the Kansas City Chiefs is terrible. Patrick Mahomes scrambled for a total of 500 yards behind a line of scrimmage during the Super Bowl due to a lack of protection. If this is the case and your two starting tackles are gone, then Mahomes could be in for a world of hurt and he will not make it to year 10 of that huge contract. Our second to last topic is NFL storylines and rumors of the offseason. Our first topic is problems in Houston. The Houston Texans are in massive trouble and it all started with the terrible trade of All-Pro wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins last season. The main reason for the Texans' trouble is their front office and management. They have not treated players right and they have managed the team very poorly. So let's take a look at the things that have happened to the Texans over the past year. March twenty-second, 2020. Texans trade all-pro wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins to the Arizona Cardinals for a fourth-round pick and David Johnson running back. This is a terrible deal, and the Arizona Cardinals fleeced the Houston Texans. January 28, 2021. Texans franchise quarterback Deshaun Watson requests a trade-out of Houston. He recently signed a four-year $160 million deal with the team back in September 2019. With the recent signing of quarterback Tyra Taylor this offseason, it pretty much ensures that Watson has gone out of the Houston Texans. February 12, 2021, Texans agreed to release J.J. Watt after a request to be released from the team. J.J. Watt is moving on to bigger and better things as he signs with the Arizona Cardinals, my bad. Um, J.J. Watt is a former three-time Defensive Player of the Year and was the, with the Houston Texans for 10 years. Um, the Texans had five Pro Bowlers during the 2018 season. Every single one of them will be gone by the start of the 2021 NFL season. Our next topic of this offseason is quarterback movement. The most quarterback movement I have ever seen in one offseason. Um, Not only are there a lot of quarterbacks being moved, those quarterbacks are elite level talent and some of them being all pro caliber. Here are some of the QB movement and rumors this offseason in specific. One is the Detroit Lions and Los Angeles Rams. Lions trained Matthew Stafford quarterback to the Los Angeles Rams for the Rams' 2021 third-round pick, 2022 and 2023 first-round picks, and Jared Goff. I believe that the winner of this deal was the Lions. Matthew Stafford was a great quarterback for the Lions for 12 seasons. However, it is very sad that he was not able to produce one playoff win while starting at quarterback due to the lack of talent around him. I hope everything pays off and I wish him the best of luck. For Detroit, they have received two first-round draft picks, which I believe that they can capitalize on and draft key positional players. However, Jared Goff is a terrible quarterback, and I expect him to be gone by the end of the 2022 football season. I also believe that Detroit looks to draft a quarterback in the 2022 NFL draft. The next one is Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks. The relationship between Wilson and the Seahawks looked to be great until this offseason. He reportedly asked for a trade back a few months ago out of the growing frustration that he never had a good offensive line, and he was always being pressured and sacked. This would make sense that he would want to out of Seattle, especially with the addition of J.J. Watt to the division. However, this request was fully never confirmed by the Seahawks and Wilson's agent. Since then, the Seahawks have answered phone calls to potential traders, and the biggest ones have been the Saints and Bears. The Saints have since withered off a bit, but the Bears remain as heavy targets. The Bears offer three first-round picks and two quality starters for the for. Russell Wilson from the Seahawks. However, the Seahawks still declined. This is crazy to me, and it's going to take a fortune to take him away from Seattle. The last one is Deshaun Watson and the Houston Texans. Going back to the Houston Texans is all about poor management. The relationship between Watson and the Texans have been has been going downhill for a while now. With all the stars now gone for the Texans, he finally put in a request for a trade. However, the Texans were having none of this. They refused to take any calls for Watson and said that he was not available. Available for trade. With that being said, Desan Watson threatened the Texans and said he would settle if he were not traded. So they began answering calls. At first, it seemed like the Jets and the Dolphins were the front runners for the quarterback, but it looked like they had faded away and looked to fix their quarterback needs in the upcoming draft. Since then, the Panthers, the Broncos, and the 49ers looked like the most likely landing spots for Watson. This is an all pro quarterback who will most likely be a league MVP one day. So whoever is training for him will need to give a fortune for it. I say twice as much for him compared to Wilson. Our final topic for this week's episode is my NFL mock draft picks one through five pick number one. I have the Jacksonville Jaguars selecting Trevor Lawrence quarterback out of Clemson. I believe that Lawrence is a lot for the first overall pick in the 2021 NFL draft standing at six, 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 213 pounds, Trevor has the ability and potential to become a generational of talent and a future Hall of Famer. He has precision accuracy from any spot on the field and can read a defense riddled with all Americans. He also has sneaky speed and athleticism with a rocket arm. Pick number two, I have the New York Jets selecting Zach Wilson, quarterback from BYU. After having a great senior season at BYU, Wilson's draft stock has skyrocketed. He has elite arm strength with great great decision-making. He can drop a football into any window on the field and make it look easy. He has NFL mechanics and will greatly succeed. However, there may be some concern that he only has one season of elite success, as many scouts have compared his story to those of Mitchell Trubisky. It will be interesting to see how his career turns out. Pick number three, I have the Miami Dolphins selecting Jamar Chase, wide receiver, LSU. Uh, he is a very strong, big, and athletic wide receiver. Standing at six foot one, two hundred and ten pounds, he will enter NFL as one of the strongest wide receivers already. With that being said, he decided to set up the twenty twenty NCAA season due to COVID-19. So Scouts have had trouble making a final decision on him based upon the fact that his last film was from two seasons ago. But I still believe that he is the highest potential and ceiling out of any wide receiver in the class. Pit number four, I have the Atlanta Falcons selecting Justin Fields, quarterback from Ohio State. A very raw talent from Ohio State, he is pro level ready physically, and he stands at a staggering six foot three, two hundred and twenty seven pounds. He is very athletic, and a great improviser, as he just ran a four four one forty yard dash. When standing in the pocket, he has precision point accuracy and a very strong arm. However, when pressured, he can make some very bad mental decisions and errors. He also struggles to read defenses at times, and which is a very, which is very vital to any trait of a successful quarterback in the NFL. I believe that if he's drafted by the Falcons, he can sit behind Matt Ryan for a couple, season, couple seasons, which allows him to develop mentally as a quarterback. He also um, uh, he also has all the gifted talent in the world, in my opinion. He just needs to have um, the mentoring, and I think he can become an All-Pro. Um, the last one is pick number five, and that is the Cincinnati Bengals. I have them selecting Pennai Sewell, offensive tackle from Oregon. Penai Sewell is without a doubt a generational talent at left tackle. Standing at 6'6", 331 pounds, Sewell is excellent in both run and pass blocking. He has agility and speed that is almost unheard of for his size and is very technically sound. He has a very high motor and he plays with a lot of tenacity. He will be able to step in day one at left tackle for the Bengals and protect their franchise quarterback, Joe, Joe Burrow, whose season ended early last season after being sacked on a play where he tores ACL and MCL. I believe that he will be elite for the next 10 to 15 years. And that concludes this week's episode of On The Clock. Be sure to tune in at this time next week, as we will have a lot more free agency and draft news to talk about. In addition, I will give I will be giving up my mock draft picks for number 6 through 15. Have a good day and see you next time for more On The Clock, the best news from around the NFL.